allow him to. Praise God. Amen. I'd like for you to stand with me for the reading of the word of the Lord just for a few moments, if you would. Amen. To the, and open your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter number 17. Luke, chapter number 17 and verse 28 is where we will begin reading here this, this morning. This is a particular uh, story that the Lord begins to... Uh, illustrations and uh, comparisons that the Lord begins to make it the whole discourse really uh, what he's talking about here begins in verse number 20 as uh, the Pharisees demand of him to know when the kingdom of God should come and the Lord begins to give a discourse the kingdom of God cometh not with observation in verse 20 uh, and he continues on and begins to talk about different things and what it's going to look like when the Lord comes but in verse number 28 for the sake of time is like where I like to direct your attention. It says, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. Those are a lot of the same things we're doing today. And in and of themselves, assuming the drink there is referring to non-alcoholic, it's, it's all good. Eating and and drinking and, and buying and selling and planting and building. We're planning. We're getting ready. But verse number 29 says, But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone. Everyone say fire and brimstone. Fire and brimstone. Fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house. Let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. And in verse number 32 says, remember Lot's wife. Verse 33, one more verse of scripture. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. And verse number 32 is where I like to direct my title for this message this morning, this afternoon. Remember Lot's wife. Can you say that with me today? Remember Lot's wife. Why don't we set our Bibles down and ask the Lord to talk to us today and anoint us and to speak to us. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit today. I'm asking you, God, as the humble servant of the Lord, that you would anoint me, God, that you would use me. I am nothing without you, God. God, we are nothing without you. We ask you, Lord, in this place today, Lord, to speak to us. We ask you today to anoint our hearts and our minds to become receptive to your word. Help us to open ourselves up today, Lord, to the word of the Lord. Help us to open ourselves up today to the Spirit of God in this place. And we'll not fail to give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. This discourse in Luke chapter number 17 is a direct response uh, to verse number 20 when the Pharisees uh, began to talk to Jesus. The religious uh, conservatives, or if you will, of, of the day, the religious people of the day, 
begin to confront Jesus and they begin to ask Jesus, when is the kingdom of God going to come? Give us a time frame. What is it going to look like? What is going to be happening when the kingdom of God comes? What does it look like in a, in a life? What does it look like in the world when the kingdom of God comes to uh, this world? Or when it comes to a person's life? Amen. He begins to tell them that the days is going to come uh, when you're going to desire to see the, the days of the Son of Man and you're not going to see it. The day, the day is going to come. It's going to come as one uh, verse says in verse number 24, for as the lightning, the lightning that the lighteth one that lighteth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part of the heaven. It's going to come when you least expect it. Yeah. Nobody knows where it comes from. Nobody knows how it happens necessarily. Uh, you uh, perhaps in the last several days, weeks, have looked out and seen the rain. And you've seen the clouds uh, filling the sky. And you begin to feel in your spirit, you know, I bet there's going to be some rain. I see clouds. It's kind of dark. And suddenly uh, you see the lightning flash of the sky. And then you watch the sky very carefully to see if you can spot it the next time. And then it pops out of nowhere somewhere else. And everyone's trying to figure out where the, where the uh, lightning's coming from. You don't know where it's coming from. Uh, it's when you least expect it. It pops out of nowhere. Uh, and Jesus begins to uh, give illustrations to the Pharisees and to the people that day. What it's going to be like. The, the timing in which the kingdom of God is going to come to this world and to people's lives. And another illustration that Jesus gives in verse number 26. For as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. The days of Noah reference a time in which uh, we talked about, I think it was just this last Wednesday, uh, or just recently, I can't remember exactly when it took place, but somebody was referencing the, uh, the time when Noah was preaching. And Noah was preaching that there's going to come rain out of the sky. And people looked at Noah and they said, Man, no, it's never rained before. That's something that's never taken place before. And they, because they did not understand it, they mocked Noah. Because they did not know what he was talking about, they began to ridicule him. And they began to mock him. How could God bring down rain? We've never experienced rain before Noah. But the kingdom of heaven would come into this world in a time in which they least expected it. And it would, be, uh, it would cause cataclysmic reactions in the, in the supernatural. It would cause cataclysmic reactions in the natural realm. Amen. It is a, it is a divergent uh, amen, force coming into this world. And when the kingdom of heaven comes into our lives, when God begins to come into our lives, your life, and my life, it is oftentimes divergent from your direction. It is a cataclysmic reaction that happens. Suddenly you find yourself at an altar and you're crying and you're weeping and you don't know what's happening and it seems like it's you out of nowhere and all you can know is that God is in this place and God's speaking to me. I, I did see it coming, preacher. I didn't know what's happening, but God's kingdom comes into a person's life and they oftentimes, they don't know where it came from. They don't know what's going on. I remember praying in, uh, for a particular person some time ago, and they began to, their first time in a church service like this one, and they began to cry. And they began to weep, and I said, what's going on? I said, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on, but all I can do is cry. Yeah. I don't know what's happening, but I, I feel something on the inside of my soul, and I've yes. got to respond yeah. to it. And, and here in a few moments, and, and then there's going to be an altar call. 
It's going to be a call that we give to those in this place for you to come to an altar and for you to pray. And there's going to be people that come to this altar here in a few moments and they're going to lift up their hands and they're going to begin to shed some tears and they're going to begin to sob and God's going to begin to speak to them and it's going to seem like it comes out of nowhere but you will learn to respond and say, Yes, Lord, I want your will for my life. I want your will for my life. God can do for you what you cannot do for yourself. The Lord continues the discourse and He begins to say in verse number 28, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. What was the days of Lot? Who is Lot? Who is Lot? Somebody help me. Abraham, the father of the faithful, he had a nephew. His name was Lot. Abraham had a nephew. His name was Lot. And the Bible says, uh, we'll kind of run through it quickly for the sake of time, but Abraham and his, uh, his, his family, his flocks, began to multiply, and his nephew Lot's flocks and families began to multiply to the point in which Abraham and Lot began to have some run-ins because they had so much wealth and so many family members that began to kind of clash. And so Abraham said, Lot, I want you to go ahead and choose a, a place for you and your family and your, your cattle to live in. And where you can choose wherever you want if you go to the... But Lot, I want you to know if you go to the north, I'll go the opposite direction. I'll go to the south. If, if Lot, you choose the east, then I'll go to the west. And I want to make sure about Lot that we that we maintain this healthy, loving family relationship. And I don't want this argument to go on. But Lot, whatever you choose first, I'll go the opposite way. And so the Bible says that Lot and all of his family, uh, they, they begin to pitch their tents towards Sodom and Gomorrah. They they pitch their they they, they pitch their, their tents. Yeah. And then in the direction of Sodom and Gomorrah. The, the direction of their hearts was already going towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Who, what is Sodom and Gomorrah? What, what were these cities like? If you could probably take uh, uh, some particular areas of San Francisco today and multiply it by 20, you probably would get some sort of a feeling for what Sodom and Gomorrah was like. It was a very wicked, uh, very sinful place. It was a place in which there was a constant sin that took place. It was constant debauchery, constant sinning that took place in Sodom and Gomorrah. But Lot chose to look in that direction. Lot chose to look in the direction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it wasn't long before after, uh, after that Lot began to, to pitch uh, his tents towards Sodom and Gomorrah that he eventually he found himself right smack in the middle of that wicked city. Because the direction that you set with your eyes, the place in which you're looking with your eyes is a place that eventually you will find yourself physically being. I've used the illustration before in snowboarding. The one thing, if I could tell you how to snowboard, how to turn. First, what you want to do is, is point your eyes wherever you want to go. Your body will naturally go in the same direction. You can find yourself turning easier. If you're on the snowboard, you're looking, you're going down the hill. If you want to go left, just start looking left. And you'll find your body start to go in that direction. If you want to go right, just look right. It's the same thing when you're driving down the road. 
You probably experienced it. You're driving down the road and you're looking. Uh, you're, the, you're the one that's the rubbernecker this time on the road. You're looking at the accident and you're saying, man, what's going on? And you hit the brakes because you're looking over there. And you're not looking where you're supposed to be going, but you're, you're starting to go in that direction. Sometimes you're, uh, if, you, if you're one of those guys like I was when I was a little bit younger, you're driving down the road and you're looking. You see the pretty girl. You're like, oh, man, who's that? All of a sudden your car starts getting a little close. Like, what's going on? Because you're looking over there and you notice that distance between your car and the white line begins to kind of merge. And you start going that direction that you're looking and you're not careful. Uh, if you're not careful, the things that you're looking at, you're going to end up being there and doing those things. And the same thing happens with God. Is you begin to look towards Sodom. You begin to look towards the plains of Mamre. You begin to look towards that area. And he found himself there. So we have Lot. And the Bible lets us to know that eventually, uh, in another part of the, of the Bible, that Lot's soul was vexed. It was vexed day by day because he was in a particular land. He was in a particular community. He was in a particular area where there was so much shit around him. And Lot was just, I, I imagine, just down and depressed and filled with anxiety and filled with worry and not sure how to get out of the mess he was in. How many times have we found ourselves in a particular messy situation when we did not know how to get out of it? Amen. But thank God somebody was praying for us. Thank God there was a father Abraham off in the distance that said, I'm praying for my nephew Lot because I want to see Lot saved. I want to see him saved. And so... Sodom and Gomorrah was vexing the soul of Lot and his family. The Bible, through, through reading the scripture, we can know that Lot had a, a group, a, a family of probably no less than six children. The Bible says that uh, Lot had two virgin daughters in this particular encounter that we can, we'll read about it later in the book of Genesis chapter 19. And then he had two sons-in-law. And then the Bible also says that he had other sons. So I would say there's probably no less than six children that Lot had in his family. But if you flip over to the book of Genesis chapter number 19, you begin to get the account, the story of what happened when Jesus says in Luke 17 and verse 28, beginning talking about, remember Lot's wife, remember that scenario, remember what happened in Lot's world, remember what happened in that situation. And so the, the reader, the Pharisee, had no doubt in their mind, began to reflect back. Okay, what's he talking about? What's Jesus talking about? Okay, we remember Lot. We remember Abraham, our father. We remember that one time Lot was, uh, he was there in that city. And we remember Father Abraham praying for him. Father Abraham was praying that God would intervene for Sodom and Gomorrah. And that God would spare the city. And you know from, those, from reading the Bible that Abraham prayed to God. He talked to God. And he said, Lord, if there's 50 righteous in the city, would you spare the city? And the Lord said, I'll spare the city, Abraham, for 50. And the number began to drop to 30, to 20. And the number finally dropped to uh, Abraham said, Lord, if there's 10 righteous in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, would you spare it? And the Lord said, if there's 10, I'll spare the city. If there's ten righteous, imagine with me, if you will, for a moment, our previous example, San Francisco, probably about a million people. 
And somebody praying, somebody talking to God. God, if there's just 10 in San Francisco, save them. Can you imagine the shock as God searches the land? And God, God surveys the landscape and God's eyes begin to go up, out across the land. And God begins saying, I don't see 10. How shocking would that be? It was a very vile, a very vile place. It was a place of great wickedness and of great sin. And so the Bible says that uh, after this discourse, after this uh, interaction between Abraham and, and, and the Lord, that the Lord departed and the Lord began to uh, hear the prayers of Abraham because the Lord knew that Abraham loved his nephew Lot. How many loves their family members? I don't want to see my family lost. I don't want to see none of my family lost. I'm thankful I got two beautiful nieces in the back here today. I, and, and they... Uh, Kayla's got the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for that. I, I want all of my family to have the Holy Ghost. I want all of my family to be baptized. I want all of my family to be saved. I want all of us to know about Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that Abraham reached uh, out to God on behalf of Lot. Uh, and so the Bible says that the Lord began to reach into uh, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Bible says that two angels... Two angels, they went into the city of Sodom where, where Lot and his family was living at the time. And the Bible says that Lot was sitting at the gate and he saw the angels coming from afar off. That lets us know that, Abraham, that, that Lot was a person of influence. He was a decision maker in the city, probably no doubt a ruler in the city. He had some influence, he had some bearing on, on what took place in that city. But Lot was in a place, amen, that began to overtake him. Lot was in a place that began to overwhelm him. It was in a place that it began to overtake him. Perhaps he thought, I can handle it on my own. I can do it by myself. But you see, the thing with sin is sin doesn't stop when you're through with it. Sin will overtake you. Sin will over overwhelm you. Amen. It'll take you to a place where you, you find yourself and say, I don't know how I'm going to ever get out of this situation. I don't know how I'm going to ever come out of the spell of sin in my life. And here's where Lot found himself in the midst of Sodom, a vile city. And the Bible says that, uh, that the angels begin to talk to Lot and they begin to talk back and forth. And Lot, and Lot said, uh, I'd like you to come to my house. I'd like you to come to my house. I'm going I'm to prepare a meal for you. I'm going I'm to make uh, arrangements for you to be. And the Bible says that the angel said, no, we, we, can't, we can't do that. Can I tell you today that the people of God should never make themselves too comfortable in this world? Amen. The people of God have to keep in mind and they have to realize that we are not of this world. That's right. Amen. I'm just passing through those angels fully understood. I'm just passing through. I'm just here to bear a message to you and to your family. I'm not going to get comfortable lot. I'm not going to settle down in this city of sin, but I'm going to preach. I'm going to declare the word, and then I'm going to get out because I want to see you, and I want to see your family saved. Hallelujah. The people of God, amen, are a pilgrim people that are passing through this land. And the Bible says that the, the, the conversation went back and forth between Lot and the angel. And so finally the Bible says that Lot persuaded them 
uh, Lot persuaded to just come my house just for a little bit. Uh, I'll introduce you to my family. You can tell my wife what you're telling me. You can tell my daughters what you're telling me. Maybe they'll believe you because I've lost all authority over my family. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you sin will take away the authority of the man of the house. Sin will take away every last bit of structure in a home. Amen. Sin took away, amen, the viability, the authority, and the power that Lot had in his family. Because he thought, I can just dabble. I can just play around with Sodom. I can just live here and just have a little bit of sin, a little bit of fun. But it it made him a man of impotence. It made him a man of no power and no authority. God wants his people, amen, to be full of power and full of authority and full of the Holy Ghost. It's still the will of God for men, amen, to leave their homes. It's still the will of God for a man to say, we're going to pray as a family. I'm going to teach you about the Lord. We're going to go to church. It's still God's will for men to lead. It's still the will of God. And Lot found himself in a place of great impotence. No power, no authority for the things that really mattered. Maybe he justified himself and said, well, here I am sitting at the gate of Sodom. I've got authority with this people. And he was uh, all along deceiving himself, thinking he had some sort of authority. But when it came down to it, he couldn't tell his family what to do. And he couldn't tell his city what to do. Because it had emasculated him. And sin will strip a person down of everything that they've got. Sin will destroy you. Sin will drag you to the bottom. Sin will take away from you everything you ever thought was valuable. Everything you ever thought was important. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The reason that we know that sin did this to Lot's life is because he couldn't tell his family what to do. They wouldn't follow him. He couldn't tell the city people what to do because they disobeyed him. What I'm talking about there is the Bible says that those angels, they came, then the two of them came into Lot's home. How many's got doors in their houses? You better believe I got a door. I ain't going to sleep if my door's not on at night. I'm going to set a guard, set a watch. The Bible says that Lot let two angels. Who's ever seen an angel? Your spouse not included. The Bible says that Lot brought those two angels into his home. And the Bible says that the people in that city, they saw those angels. And they were attracted to them. The men of the city were attracted to those angels. It was a place given over to filth, given over to unnatural affection. And the Bible says that all the men of the city began to gather around Lot's house. They began to get all outside the door. A mob began to form. And they began to say, Lot, we saw those two handsome gentlemen come in your house. Let us have some fun with them. We want to know them. There was their intent, amen, to violate those angels. Amen. Let me stop for a moment and tell you there's something, though. The people of God are a beautiful people. When God says to work in his children's life, in the church, amen, the Bible says he beautifies the meek. 
Your silence is permission for the devil to come into your life. 
But if you'll hear the word of this man of God back here, if you'll pray, if you'll pray, say, devil, you're not going to keep me silent. I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm thankful today on this Sunday morning that I had a mama sitting on the back row over there that would oftentimes throughout the course of my growing up years lift up her voice and say, God, touch my babies. God, keep your hand upon them. God still wants some prayer mamas in this place. God still wants some prayer warriors in this place that know how to turn back to Titus here. That God would have his way. That God would have his way. Hallelujah. Why don't we lift our hands and just talk to the Lord here for a moment. Jesus, I love you today. I pray, Lord, you would speak to the hearts of your people right now, Lord. Jesus, move us forward in the right direction. Move us forward in the right direction. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. May every home in this church be filled with the sound of a praying mama, a praying woman, a praying lady, saint of God. Amen. May every home in this church be filled with some mamas that ought to lift up their voices with their husbands or faltering. Amen. When they're making bad decisions and bad choices, I'm going to pray. I'm going to lift up my voice. And I'm going to worship him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. I'll never forget my mama's testimony when she came to the Lord for the first time years ago. Kayla, I want you to hear this about your grandma. Amen. There was a time in her life when years ago she found the Lord. God gave her the Holy Ghost. She spoke in tongues. She was baptized in Jesus' name, but she was still thinking of grandpa. And she told grandpa, you know what? You know what, honey? Whatever she called them, baby cakes, I don't know. I'm going to live for God. And if you want to live for God with me, then come along and let's do it together. But if you don't want to live for God, then bye-bye, baby. I'm going to live for Jesus by myself. We still need women of God that have the boldness and the courage to say, I'm going to live for Jesus to the last breath I take. Oh, let's clap our hands and worship here. give my heart to God. God's knocking on my door. God's reaching for me. There is a time in every person's life when God shows up at your front door and God begins to talk with you like he did in Lot's life. Amen. No doubt. Amen. There was still a part in Lot's heart that cried out to God. Amen. I know because I experienced it myself at one point. Where in my heart I cried out to God. And I said, God, if you're able, take me out of here. Yeah. 
to get out here by myself. So God, why don't you do it for me? And God began to do it in my life. God, if, you, if you're hungry, if you really want it, God will shut down every other door in your life. If you really want to do God's will, He'll shut the other doors. He'll say, okay, buddy, that's the only one that's open. That's for you to walk through. That's the only one. And the Bible says that because of Abraham's prayers, amen, the angels showed up and lost life. And they began to sing, Lot, get your family together. If you still got any power to do so. A lot tried to reason with his family. The Bible says that he went out to talk to his sons-in-laws. He said, come on, the angels are here at my house. Hey, there's angels at my house, bro. They're telling me we have to get out of here. Come on, get yourself out of here. Bro, no, I'm serious. No, dude. Come on, we've been, How long have we been here, bro? How long have we been here? You, you can imagine that conversation. Dude, I'm serious. The angels are in the house. They say we gotta go. When? Right now. Serious. I just sat down for dinner. My wife made pasolini. Made pasolini. Bro, just drop what you're doing and come with me. And the Bible says that his sons-in-laws they mocked him, like we're doing right now. They probably said, "Dude, get out of here, man." I'm about to go. I got to work tomorrow. I got to hang out with my boyfriend. That was Sodom. That was Sodom. There was untold sin in that place. Lot reached out to his family. His family mocked him. But the Bible says that those two angels, those two angels, they grabbed in the, in, the, in the morning hours of the next day, at the, at the rising of the sun, the Bible says, at the dawn of the sun, those angels, they said, enough with this. We're not going to reason here today, Lot. You're not going to ever understand my argument. You're not going to ever understand my heartbeat. You just got to come with me. They grabbed him by the hand. And they took Lot, Lot's wife, by the hand. One angel for two people, if you can imagine. Both hands grabbing those. Come on, let's go. Maybe some of you parents have experienced that with your kids in the store. Grabbing by the hand. Come on, let's go. Stop fighting this. You're dragging them on the floor as they're going to temper tantrum. I've seen that before. I probably was one of those. And I did it once, and maybe it was the last time. I don't know. I got whooped a lot. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for I got that I got what. They were maybe they were dragging and kicking and screaming. I don't know. One angel grabbed Lot and his wife. The other angel grabbed his two daughters that were about to be offered up to the, the men of the city. And the Bible says that the angels told Lot and his family, "You are to get up to the mountain and escape for your lives. In this case, escape for your souls." You are to get out of this place and you're to go as fast as you can to that mountain. And whatever you do, Lot, listen to me, Lot's wife. Listen to me, little girls, uh, young ladies, however old they were. Whatever you do, don't look back. Don't look back. I had a 
hard would it be to have your back to everything that was precious to you? And they're crying out. They're saying, where are you going? We're about to have this feast. We're about to have this uh, illicit affair. We're about to have all of these things. Uh, there's free alcohol. Whatever you want, you can have it. And oftentimes, as a person makes up in their mind to live for God, out of nowhere, all of hell begins clamoring for their souls and begins saying, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Don't leave me. Don't leave the sin. Don't leave the stronghold. And I believe that his father and his wife and his two daughters were leaving their city, leaving their, leaving their sons and leaving their sons-in-laws and their daughters, leaving all their friends, all their neighbors they made through the years. I believe they were crying out probably to Lot and his wife and his kids and saying, hey, hey, whatever you want. I've seen it so many times as a man or a woman sets up in their mind, I'm going to live for God. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get a phone call. Mm-hmm. They'll get a phone call from a family member they haven't seen in years. Right. And they'll say, we're at your door. But church starts in 15 minutes. I know, but we're here. Right. Let's hang out. Well, I'm going to go to the youth rally on Friday night. Man, there's a dance going on. Uh, you can get to the club for free tonight. Maybe you're trying to live for God and kick an old drug habit and out of nowhere a friend calls up and says, I just found a few bags of cocaine. Come on, buddy. I just I just stole a, a bunch of cases of beer from the store. I didn't pay for them. We can have fun. You're saying, but I'm on my way to God's house. I know. But come back. And I believe that those voices were crying out the whole while that, they, that, that, that Lot and his wife were leaving. And the Bible says it in the midst of that conversation that the angel began to talk to Lot. And began to say, Lot, you're going to go to the, the mountains. Run. Don't stop. Don't delay. Don't, don't slow down. And wouldn't you know that Lot said, well, I tried to make a deal with the people of the city and my daughters. They wouldn't accept it. Maybe I'll better success with the angel. So Lot begins to reason. Lot begins to talk to the angels and says, I know you told me to go to the mountains, but there's a little town over here. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called Zohar. You heard of Zohar? It's a small town. It's just a small town. I know know it's not the mountains, but it's just a small town. It's not that big a deal, brother Noah. It's just a small town. And God speaks to you to do this. He said, well, this is just something small. Can I just compromise? Jesus, can we compromise? Jesus, can we make a deal? God, I know you told me that you want everything, but how about, how about just half? I know, I know there's church on, on Sundays and Wednesdays, but God, how about just Sundays? God, I know you want me to pray, but, but how about I just pray on, on Sundays? God, how, how about I just... And the Bible says that the angel said, okay, have it your way a lot. Go to Zohar. And I don't know if it was because of that decision that Lot just tried to force his will on God. Oftentimes we try to force our will on God. Can we just do it a little bit different, God? God, I heard your plan. I heard what you was preaching and teaching about this morning. But God, can I just do it differently? Can I just... 
I really want to just quote my prayers every day, Brother Walmart. I really just want to read my prayers. There, there's a lot that the, the even the Catholic Church has for me. I just read those. It's easy. I just read them. Can, can I just do it my way? I, I'm not going to pay my tithe. I'll just, I'll just give a little bit. We're always trying to bargain and, and make a deal with God. We're always trying to make a deal with God. Amen. And God has given you specific instructions. And I believe it was because Lot, amen, made that deal with the angel. Uh, we can go to this little place. It's just a little compromise, God. It's just a little compromise. Uh, let me just go to Zohar. The Bible says that after they got to Zohar, or on their way to Zohar, that Lot's wife did what the angel told her not to do. And they grabbed the holy hand, Lot and his wife. Actually, I changed that. Take that back. The Bible says that Lot's wife walked behind him. He, he left her in the dust. What a loving father we already hear about. What a loving husband. This guy offers up his daughters, and this guy leaves his wife in the dust. Something important about a man that says, we're going we're gonna to walk side by side, honey. We're going to lift her up together. I'm not going to be out doing my own thing. But I'm going to, I'm going to leave my family. But Lot wasn't that man. Lot was off in the distance. You're walking with a friend. Hey, you're walking with a friend. And your friend's walking way ahead. They're like, you're like, slow down, bro. Slow down. I don't want to walk that fast. Some of the moms I'm talking about, right? Kids in the mall. Slow down. They're way ahead running next door. Can't keep up. Law was out there just, just going. Didn't even think, consider about his, his wife. And I believe that Lot probably could have encouraged his wife even one final time. But because Lot was so detached from his family, the Bible says that Lot's wife could not resist it. And for a split second, she looked back. All of my possessions, all the rest of my family, all my friends, all the things I worked for, my home. Fire and brimstone falling, but Lot's wife could not could not resist it. She got to, uh. some of you are so curious about the old life that you can never get through to God. Some of you are so uh, so still holding on to the old life that God has a place prepared for you, a mountaintop experience, but because you can't let the world. You're frozen in time. And the Bible says that as Lot's wife looked back, she instantly became a pillar of salt. Amen. A pillar of salt. One of the translations says a block of salt. Frozen in time. Because she could not get the old life out of her heart. And every time that we refuse to let go of the old life, we refuse to let go of all hurts, all pains, we're frozen in time. And we can never experience what God has in store for us. All we can see is what we're leaving behind. But I would for a moment to pull the curtain back and show you the things that God has in store for this church. For your family. All you see is 
is the guy that left you, the girl that did you wrong. All you can see is this and that. When God said, look up, as long as they were doing the will of God, they were leaving sin and they were on an upward trajectory to that mountaintop. They were up on, they were going up. But the moment Lot's wife said, I'll just look back, she would have began going down, down, back to the vomit, back to the sin. Jesus, we love you right now. Come on, turn it loose right now. Shorabakaya Talabosha. Hear the words of my prophet. For I have spoken today. Depart not. Go not back the ways from which I have brought you from. But walk forward. Ah, walk forward in everything that I have given you. Let's worship him right now in this place. Come on, if you feel the Lord talking to you right now. I want you to lift up your voice. Come on, if the Lord's talking right now, I believe he is. Amen. This service has come to a conclusion. The altar calls given. If you want to, amen, to make a fresh commitment, a fresh consecration to God. Right now in the name of Jesus, I implore you to yield to him your everything. Come on, God wants to give deliverance in this place right now. Come on, 
for somebody in this place that will simply reach out to him and say, Jesus, I'm going to give my all. I'm not looking back. I'm not looking for an exit. I'm not looking for an alternative. I want to give everything to you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, yalla moksha, talalala mokoyoko. Come on, God's talking right now. Oh, yeah. 